Episode of Truth with Ruth. I am Ruth Ruckel, and I'm here today with my one of my longest, well, my actually my longest relationship in life. Longer than my husband, but not as long as my parents. <laughs> Rochelle Cooper. Hello. <laughs> Were you on the other line in New Orleans, like bobbing your head to that, like I was here? I totally was. I was. Yep. I was sitting here. Then I was thinking in my head, I wonder if she's bobbing her head to my intro like I am. Because I do it every time. <clears throat> I, I never. I could see you in my <laughs> in my mind's eye doing it. I could see us together doing the same thing. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if teleportation was a thing, it would have happened. <laughs> but it's not. So there's that. Um, but anyway, today we're going to be talking about relationships, friendships, relationships, like all, all kinds of, um, relationships, but in like, we come together at, with our history and our friendship from gosh, being, I think sophomores in high school to now, um, we're sophomores in life. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're past exactly where we are. Yeah, we're past the <laughs> freshman stage, which is like your twenties and and uh, early thirties, where you're still trying to figure out everything and you know nothing. To our forties, I feel like that's your forties and your fifties are like your sophomore, and your sixties uh, are your junior year, and then your seventies and eighties, you you're a senior. <laughs> You've hit the senior Woo! year. So that's my analogy, folks, of how you translate high school into adult life so that it's not a complete waste of four years of your time. So there. Excellent. I don't know. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that sets someone free today who is like, why am I not just getting my GED right now? I need to throw it all in. Well, I'm here to tell you that each one of those years is significant for for when you're done. <laughs> for the many decades you've experienced that. The many decades. Oh my gosh. Anyway, and here we are. And here we are sitting on a podcast about to impart revelation and understanding around relationships because we're qualified as sophomores in life to do that. Correct. Mm-hmm. Dropping some knowledge. Dropping some knowledge. So I'm kind of going to um Rochelle, Rochelle and I, again, we've been friends, gosh, since we were like 16 years old in high school. And we have, we have walked through many, many transitions in life together. And some of those times we were connected the whole way through that transition. And then other times we were disconnected. In, in a way, like not talking, not in each other's um, transitional period of life, but then we're able to pick back up and process through those transitions after they occurred. So 
we're kind of going to weave in our friendship, but I'm actually going to let Rochelle sort of process and, and flesh out this first part because as we were chatting pre-podcast, she went a whole direction that I wasn't even like, I I wasn't even thinking, but I felt like, man, that is going to set people free. Not our friendship, not the journey, not all the like kitschy things that, you know, you put around the longevity of people knowing each other and walking together. But like really what she was bringing to the table pre-conversation, I was just like, dang, dude, I think I just got set free. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of going to let you direct traffic and I'm just going to like I was doing before just sort of add my two cents or my my process thoughts are you cool with that absolutely okay go for it girl I'm just gonna start rolling yeah so let me I'm gonna start with where I how this started coming coming to me so you know every morning I I get up and I have my routine where I get on I um I do my pray my prayers I listen to particular podcasts you know things like that. And something that keeps coming up for me is, um, relationship. And then of course in my background, uh, which is human development, I study identity quite a bit. And I've always just specifically looked at identity and mostly in family dynamics, but I hadn't really kind of went outside that circle outside of that realm and into out all of our relationships. And so, in fact, I'm looking at um, my journal also, um, and I am looking at something that I wrote the other day, which which started this whole thing. And it, I said, so if we get our identity through relationships, we can never, as individuals, create our own identity. It will always be a reflection of our past or current relationships. Therefore, if we're in a conflict in a close relationship, it causes discord in our own identity because we're losing the reflection of purpose that's mirrored, that's being mirrored to us. Um, and so that made me think, cause I work a lot with teenagers is, you know, well, that makes a lot of sense because teenagers are always trying on all these new identities because they're trying to pull away from their parental units and become their own individual. But they're creating these really kind of discordant relationships with friends in high school. Right. So that took me on this little, little journey <laughs> to it's, it's not little folks it's like the titanic but it didn't sink <laughs> and i love information and like really getting down to the core of things so um and and i i believe this too in our in our actual self it's like until you get to the root and eradicate the problem at the root then you're not going to achieve you know real growth so getting to the root of the word relationship is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected and also the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward each other. Okay, so it doesn't say anything about positive or negative, right? It's just how people are behaving toward each other and what they think about each other. And then in my research on, on the internet machine, uh, what I kept coming across is, you know, there's four types of relationships, four types of relationships. Now, the main types here that they are speaking about are family, friendships, acquaintanceships, and romantic relationships. Now, I'm adding my own, which is the fifth one for me, which probably is number one for most of us, is our spiritual relationship um, with God. 
So then I took it to the next level, which is the etymology, you know, the actual breakdown, the meaning of the word um, relationship. And this word was built in the 1640s, and it means the sense or state of being related, literally relation plus ship. And our, our ways of staying in a relationship are based on communication, compromise, and commitment. Mm. So communication, compromise, and commitment. I want everybody to hear that. Those are our ways of staying in the relationship. Exactly. And so Mm. what the key word that I kept coming through when researching relationship is the word connected. And I am a huge fan of connectedness. You know, I really believe this. We're all connected. I'm totally, you know, like one love. Everything I do is affecting somebody else. Yeah. Like every word I speak is affecting somebody else. I'm really, really into this. And, um, it, you know, it gets into all this like quantum physics stuff and everything. And I think that I have a hard time when people don't really understand this. Like we really are all brothers and sisters on a vibrational level. Like God is love. Here we are. Okay. So before I go on another tangent. Um, Hold on. Pause for two seconds. Being, pause for two. Don't yeah. go on yet. Let's camp on connectedness for two seconds because I think that that is really, and you can go on after this, but like that's really important yeah. for people to pick up because I think in our current climate, especially last year in 2020, we had a, a false sense of connectedness mm-hmm. where you know, we're all connected via the internet. We're all connected via uh, Zoom. We're all connected via Facebook. But it's not, there was no authenticity in that. There was no, uh, like, it's almost like the world, the media, government, whatever, took that beautiful description you just described, like that, that intimate thing, and they distorted it in 2020 and made it look like this is what connectedness is now. But we know that if that was actually true, we wouldn't have had the most suicides we've ever had in one year. And we would not have had as many kids, you know, on antidepressants and, uh, you know, look, looking into mental health, uh, situations as we had last year. So it's interesting that as a society, we're taking connectedness and trying to translate it through a computer as if it's this intimate thing, as if we can achieve that through all of our social media platforms. Yeah. Anyway, just a thought. Absolutely. And um, I'm going to get real deep into this, but to touch on that, you know, one of the, the biggest thing that that's happening right now with our generation even and younger, and I would think it's safe to say the generation, an older generation as well, is this fear of missing out. So people are much more connected literally with their device right. than they are with another, with another person. So I'm going to get into interpersonal connectedness in just a moment, but I, I definitely, I want to touch on the words connected and connectedness. So defining connected is brought together or into contact so that a real or notional link is established, associated, associated or related in some respect. That's, that's what being connected is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're, 
when we're saying we're connected on the internet, that's what it is. We're brought together into contact, you know, right. That's it. it. We're just an established link. Connectedness though, is the state of being joined or linked or a feeling of belonging to or having affinity with a particular person or group. Okay. So when you're talking about being connected, we're connected to the internet. Connectedness, let's say you're joined in on some particular group on Facebook, you know, that's, you all are in agreement with something, you know, say everybody loves cats, you know, or something like that. So it's like, that creates a connectedness between that group. You, you're joined or linked and have a sense of belonging with this particular group because of your affinity for this one thing. Now, let's go into interpersonal connectedness. A sense of belonging based on the appraisal of having sufficient, close social contacts. Here's where our breakdown is, has you know come in, especially during... Uh, this past year, of course, where people are staying at home and we have this very, you know, on, for some people, this very relatable fear-based atmosphere that they've created for themselves mm-hmm. and their connected, their connectedness is with other people who share that, right? Yeah. So that's their connectedness. So there's no interpersonal connectedness. So we're really missing something. And then That took me to, you know, listening to other podcasts and listening to um, other ministers and speakers and things like that. And it's like, what is it, what is it that disconnects us? And there's selfishness, pride, insecurity, and resentment. Mm. And so one of the things that I really was moved by was this notion that insecurity prevents all intimacy. And what we have here with the internet being connected in the internet, being connected on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all these things is exactly what those four things are. We're being, most of us are being selfish, right? Most of us are being prideful, which is inviting criticism, competition. Um, it's causing a lot of insecurity. You know, there's a lot of, um, uh, spirit of competition and cheating and all these all these ways that you don't know what your friends or your <clears throat> your significant others or whatever are doing right and then that starts breeding resentment and bitterness and then of course we have people a huge population of people who are non-believers or believe in not the best way sometimes yeah. <laughs> I dare to say um, so it's creating this whole group like this infestation uh this contagious negative contagious it's that's not covid it's loneliness depression and anger that is just seeping through people and it's seeping through the internet and it's like unfortunately all this kind of negativity sometimes it really outweighs it outweighs the positive positivity then you have you have your flattery you have your gossiping, you have arguments, you know, all these things. And it's like, where, where are we and how do we reconnect? You know, and it's really, I mean, of course, I'm, you know, love, love for everybody. Um, And then understanding what our relationships are, you know, it's like, we have to relearn what relational skills are, we have to relearn 
um, understanding just what a friend is, what's a casual relationship, because I happen to see somebody, you know, at the coffee shop drive through every morning, you know, that person is not my friend. Even if we're Facebook quote unquote friends, they're not literally my friend. That is a, a circumstantial person that I see every day and I know their face, but you know, your close relationships, they're very Mm -hmm. intentional. You have to choose that person. Um, you, you can keep choosing them until you agree that, you know, a season might be over with them or whatever. It's just all of these things that are being kind of convoluted and there's a gross misinterpretation and misunderstanding about what friendship is, what intimacy is, what our, what relationships in general are. And that in turn really infects our identities. And what's happening is that we're having a whole complete lack of identity for people who are spending so much time searching their souls, they literally have no no idea who they are. It's so fascinating, right? I mean, I mean, we we grew up prior to the information age, so friendships, like we were talking before before we turned on the mics, we were talking about. I, I was saying, um, well, one of us saying to backtrack on what you said about the word friendship and defining um friendship accurately like I said yeah that word is literally thrown Mm -hmm. around like casual sex like Mm -hmm. it's just used for every oh friend hey friend hey friend it's almost used as like a manipulation piece to get people to do what you want or to to bring people into to use them um, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I've noticed in life because it's been used when I, I remember it heavily in direct sales. Oh, hey, friend. And it's like, oh, actually, we're not friends. Like, you don't even know my dog's name, dude. We're not friends. So there's well, that. And not to interrupt you, yeah. but I do want to throw in here, like using the terminology casual sex in, in this kind of thing. Like, it's a great analogy because we do this with love also. Totally. And word, people throw around the word love to try to get a you know right. an intimate evening yeah are <laughs> you do you do you want to like, make love hey, to me right like I'm going I'm coming home from the bar with you do you want to make love to me it's like well like love is built over time so let's not right. call it that but like when you're when you have no identity and when you're looking to be seen known and loved then yes you you go you go into that friendship romantic situation thinking this is my friend yes this is making love and it's like neither are true but they're still happening to me um because we haven't learned how to stop letting things happen to us and be an active participant in our own lives and so I mean we like I was telling Rochelle I have very few friends in life. I know a lot of people and and there's people that that will come through for seasons in my life and you know we will work together, we will minister together, we will do life together and we have a friendship. But like the people in my life that are my friends, like my rider dies, you know, 
they have come along in seasons and they are still with me regardless of where they're at in the world in the United States, like what our social standings are, what we're pursuing in life. We can still, you know, I know that I know that I know, like I only have the capacity in friendship to offer that whole part of myself to a, a small amount of people because it's a lot. Like, and, you know, to, to think that I could give away, <laughs> like I could be that vulnerable. I can be vulnerable with anybody, but to, to the level of like, you call me, uh, like I told Rochelle, I'm already thinking of 10 ways that I'm going to try to solve the problem that you're about to tell me. And we're going to do this and this. Like, I mean, I would call Rochelle and be like, Hey, I'm going on this trip in a week. Want to come? And she'd be like, yeah, let me work that out. I'm there. Like not many people are like <laughs> that in your life just because you, it takes a lifetime to build that kind of and, and walk through situational things with people to get to a point where you're like, yeah, in a week I'll drop my whole life, take a week off work and I'll go travel with you so that you don't lose your mind, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And let's touch here on, um, what intimacy is in a friendship. Yeah. You know, because people just think we talk, I know we've talked about this before that disagreement is the dissolution of relationship. Absolutely not. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm an advocate for, for restoration, not reconciliation. You know, it, everything doesn't have to be reconciled mm-hmm. for you to maintain a friendship and a bond. Now, like if, if, if it's not mutual and reciprocal, or if you cannot reason, you know, this person is going through this hard time, they're not going to be around for me. You know, I have to seek it, seek out whatever I need help with or whatever kind of friendships with other people for a little bit, understanding that you know that this is, you know, they'll come back, or if they don't, they, you know, they might not. Right. But it's like you have to be continually aware. It's like a marriage, right? right. You know, no, like, it is. What is, what is. What is my friend going through? What, uh, what does this mean? Or if you have questions, it's like it, it doesn't have to be an argument or conflict. It's communication. Yeah. Hey, I think I misunderstood what you were saying. And half the time it's, you know, like whatever your friends have, you know, when you're, how your friends are feeling, if they're having a bad day or whatever. And it's like, Hey, let's have a moment <laughs> you right. need to tell me what the hell is going on with you, man. Right. I don't get it. <laughs> well, and I think you're, I think what, where you started with connectedness, um, because you have to decide um, didn't you gave like different def- definitions for connected and then connectedness. Is that correct? Right. We correct. did that. Yeah. Um, and connectedness is like a more interpersonal, interpersonal relationship. Correct. Right. I'm saying this so, right. Very quickly. So connected brought together just by some, you know, some sort of link is, is established. Connectedness were brought together with a feeling of belonging and then interpersonal connectedness. Interpersonal is, connectedness. Okay. Yes. That's the sense of belonging based on appraisal and having sufficient close social contact. Um, so we have an interpersonal relationship. We have an interpersonal right. connectedness. And we so, know each other's children. And I want to go there with that think. because it's mm-hmm. like in relationship – you have to decide which one of those things is important to you. Um, and yes. so for, for me and my, my close relationships, interpersonal connectedness is important. I'm always, always, always going to um, 
going to go after that. Like that is always the goal, whether it's with my kids, my husband, or my really close friends, um, connection. And with these, this group of people, interpersonal connection is always my number one priority above my feelings, above whatever's going on in the situation. It's how can I maintain a point of connection so that that door that is always open and always available um, and they know that they're, that there's safety in our relationship. So not everybody has that goal in relationships. Not everybody's goal is, is connection. And not everybody's goal is to be seen, known, and loved and interpersonal connection. But I think when we're talking about the longevity, longevity, like most people today don't have longevity in relationships because they're one-sided, self-centered, um, ego-driven uh, relationships. And I think a lot of that is based on our media culture, like our the narrative of social media and the narrative of, of uh, movies and news and all of that. It doesn't lend itself for a selfless form of relationship. Would you agree and with that? Absolutely. And yeah. again, so the number one disconnector, the number one relationship ruiner is selfishness. Right. And that is what, you know, I mean, I can go on a whole government tirade, which I'm not <laughs> going to go on, but the confusion for me is why people are so okay with and accepting of being in what's called hashtag relationship now. Um, I haven't heard you know, that. It's just, it's so off. It's been around. It's wow. awful. So, but people seem to be okay with it. And then, you know, people are okay with just sharing each other around. And I would be fine with that if they really in their hearts were okay with that. Right. But it's not. They're compromising themselves. They're seeking attention. They want affection. They want to be loved. It's like, but the best I can be right now is a side hoe and I'm going to take it. And I'm going to fight another young lady over a man who's giving neither of us anything. Oh, and by the way, he has a steady girlfriend who may or may not know about the side hose and she might have her own side hose. I feel like this is you know, an actual I mean, story that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> I work, you know, I work, I work with, with, with teens. Like I see this a lot. I see this a lot and I see a lot of young women oh. fighting and a lot of young men fighting over, over people who are not actually loving, caring, respecting. Right. You know, it's like when you don't have um, confidence in your intimacy with in a friendship or in a in a love in whatever, and you don't have some sort of commitment that you are absolutely sure of and that you trust, you're constantly going to be insecure, right? Yeah. Especially now in this society where everybody can leave. Everybody has a way to get a new friend real fast, a new lover real fast. Everyone can go see how they're, you know, whoever they used to go to school with was. And, ooh, next thing you know, there's a conversation. Next thing you know, it's getting flirty. Next thing you know, it's coffee. Next, you know, and it's like, where, you know, where are people's boundaries and where, Where's the limitations and where's the agreements? You know, if you mutually agreed that your spouse or whatever can go 
be doing these things because you're completely secure with, with everything that's going on. That's one thing. However, I don't feel like most people are feeling like that nowadays, especially the young, the younger generation. Right. Um, and that's what worries me because like I said, you know, we have a lack of identity with this lack of interpersonal relationships, and it's really difficult to create an identity on your own um, when there's nothing being mirrored back to you to actually create it. Right. So, right. It gets, it, it, it hurts my heart. <laughs> it hurts my heart. And it's like, and the, there's so many things that go with this too. You know, like how you're talking about having a, a few friendships that you really, you know, dive deeply into and, and you're quite the introvert, right? So, yeah, more and so. I'm an extrovert. More so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we both, have, we have both tendencies, whatever. Um, but I find that I'm, I'm much more energized by being around people. And so I can speak to a ton of people and I specifically know, you know, the 50 people that I met tonight, wherever I was at, I'm not calling them my friend yet. Right. <laughs> Let me swoop this back around. Right. They're not my friend. There's somebody that I met, you know, at whatever party or that I met on New Year's Eve or whatever. That's not my friend. Right. That's my acquaintance. Now, but nowadays, somebody might meet 50 people and say, oh, I just met 50 new friends. Because there's literally no definition of what a friend or friendship is right now that somebody that is really tangible. It's so No, it's cute. literally the button you click on social media. And so everybody's your friend. And, you know, that leads into wrong expectations of exactly. people and and then putting them into this category that they're not even they don't even have the capacity to be in that they didn't even know they were in but because again we go back to using that word as if it's like casual sex I mean for lack mm-hmm. I don't even think that's lack of a, I think that's a really great analogy mm-hmm. because both are very unintimate and friendship is intimate friendship is meant to be intimate friendship is meant to to be made so that I can see you and you can see me and then we grow together in, in, we don't stay, gosh, if I stayed the way I was when I first met all of my close friends, we definitely wouldn't be close friends now <laughs> because the point in friendship is to grow, like, right? Because there's a love attached to it and you grow in love with people. You grow in love with your husband. You grow in love, you know, you're, you have an, you have an, initial love for people but then as you journey and walk through life together you know it, you grow I know we hate the word journey but it's like I know you're walking you, you gotta still love them when know. you know them right correct like, oh, and and what oh, hap- now I know you yeah oh, and still, what happens is to love you right we love the idea of friendship and the idea of someone and then we get to know them and we're like eh I don't know about that so much. (laughs) And that I think is really like our perception of people a lot of times, not all the time, comes from social media. And it's such a false narrative of a person. It's a great introduction, but a terrible navigator. You know, social media has been a great way to can be connected all it's brought the world into a place where it's much it seems much smaller whereas it used to seem really big and really like broad and now 
It doesn't. It's like, oh my gosh, I know this person in England. I know this person over here in uh, Africa. I know this person, and we don't know them, but like we feel like we have a connectedness with them. And, and so in one sense, it's really great, but we're using it to navigate a deep interconnected word called friendship. And, and hence we're having teens that are, have eating disorders. And we have people that have, are on, I'm more, more young people now are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine. When we were in high school, Rochelle, I mean, we, we were on other things, but I mean, not because we were depressed and had self-esteem problems. It was literally because we were having what we considered fun. I'm not condoning that for all of you listening. I'm just saying, like, we got out of our house and walked, like we were saying, I just walked down to Rochelle's house and knocked on the door. I didn't have, some of you might not even know what a pager is, but like pagers yet or cell phones. We had a phone, maybe didn't even have cordless phones. Our phones still had cords connected to walls. And we would dial a phone number that we had to remember in our brain because our phone didn't remember it for us at the time. And then if that didn't answer, we just walked down and knocked. And then we didn't make an assumption if they weren't home, that they didn't like us. We just figured they were probably at the neighbor's house down the street because they didn't have a car, so they were walking wherever they were going to. And so it's just social media has given us this, oh, I see everything that everyone is doing because it's all on display, and I'm not a part of it, so I'm left out, so I don't like them. I don't like people, or I this, or I that. It's a very self-centered way to look at life. I mean, it. I don't want to negate, like, for people who are, like, agoraphobic, like, people that do not leave their house and that is their only way of having some sort of social outlet, that's great. Yeah. For people who are um, presenting, you know, it's like we are, we already had dealt with, you know, Hollywood presenting, you know, its false self to us constantly. But now with all the filters that we have and everything, we're able to present a false self. And then, so that connected to like, let, I, let's take our children, for instance, let's say all of our children are on Instagram. They're all absolutely gorgeous. Right. Let's say they put filters of the filters over whatever picture they're taking. And then they put it on their, on their Instagram accounts. Okay. There could be, you know, a group of young ladies all over the world um, watching their Instagram accounts and feeling bad for themselves because they have a lack of identity. You know, there's all these other things that are happening with happening with that. But if they're seeing a false representation of what life is like, you know, it's not like behind closed doors where we're talking about our actual issues where those things aren't being put on Instagram. So it's, it's so interesting too. And, you know, myself being 43 and dating, you know, yeah. with the, Tinder and Bumble and, and I don't, whatever else my friends are on hinge and good Lord, I don't know what else, but it's like, it, you get to this weird place where everybody's being judged by five pictures and a bio, right? Mm. Same thing, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Everybody's being p- judged by what they look like or what they appear to look like, right. which half the time is not their actual appearance. You know, I can't tell you how many uh, dates I've gone on where the, the guy shows up and 
he's much larger and has much less hair on his head than was depicted and you know on, on the photos which I don't judge I'm fine like they might still feel like that that's the way they look but it's like okay and then you take that person and they just it's, it's like a social media dump in person. They just take their baggage and like put it on the table and I haven't even had a sip of water and a salad yet, you know? Like I'm not even to my appetizer. And they're like, here's all my problems. It's almost like you can literally swipe left on them in real life. You know, like, nope, I'm done. That's where I feel that we're at and I think that people do that to you know bring it let's bring it back to relationships I think people do that in these relationships because there's this lack of of um interpersonal relationship interpersonal connectedness so people are just like eh I'll get a new one eh swipe left on you eh there's another friend for me you know they feel like they can make fast friends but there's no depth you know, I'm sorry, but we're all swimming in the shallow pool, folks. Like, there's no depth to many of these relationships. If you can have two very close relationships that you can count right now in your life that are, you know, those are really your ride or die, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think about this too, you know, if you and I were to meet today, we may or may not actually connect and be friends. Right. But because of when we started and we've been through so much together of, you know, like getting married at the same time, having kids at the same time, you know, gone through my divorce with me and horrible relationships and, you know, moving all over the country. And, you know, I have a disappearing act that I do that my very close friends are like, okay, she'll be back. And I always come back, but it's like, I know that my friends know that and that allows me to the intimacy that we have. It allows me to trust and take that for granted. You know, it's like, I know that you're still going to be there when I come back. So it, it is, it is taking somebody for granted, but not out of selfishness. It's out of self-protection, knowing that I know that I know yeah. this is my person. And, and we're, we all have our coping mechanisms too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I think that's why a lot, uh, a lack of depth is, is created now in relationships is because a lot of the things we do to put the kibosh on friendship is self-protection mode. Uh, it's, I'm going to take care of me again. It's self, it goes all the way back to self selfishness because we're mm-hmm. self-preserving what we, ha- what, like our capacity, our feelings, our, it's, we, we live, okay, let, let me say this. We live in a society that does not want to be challenged whatsoever on anything. And the moment you challenge someone in relationship, they dip. Because we have been spoon fed the lie that our truth is our truth and you are to respect it. But truth is not subjective. <laughs> so it is to the, you know, to the interweb. But in real life, truth is truth all day long. 
you can have your truth, but it doesn't make it real. <laughs> so, it, yes. um, yeah. People are operating in what their truth is. Correct. And, and when you one ch- of the problems. Sorry. When, oh, you sorry. Ch- when you challenge it, they dip. It's like. Well, yes. And one of that's what the problem is, is that because it's keeping people stagnant, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're challenged, you, you are choosing to be offended because it's a choice. You choose to be offended and you roll out. But what you could have had was a really great change in you, Yeah, you know, because somebody challenged you because we only grow and get better through a little bit of a challenge. Right. So, I mean, so how, how is it that we can, we can reconnect? Cause I, I mean, we could talk about this all day, right. but I, I want to really practical point out. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to point out, I mean, for, to, to forgive is, so impactful if you're feeling bitter against any friends or any relationships that you have, right? Like forgiveness, number one, like let it go. I know it sounds so easy. <laughs> and then when you go to practically do it, it is so hard mm-hmm. because we don't forget it. Right. But you, it's like don't sit in that bitterness because um, it's just self-defeating, right? It's completely illogical. We know we're illogical. Trying to get revenge and things like that, it's, it's completely it goes into kind of crazy town there. And then if, if I'm such a proponent of love, like just love others, right? Treat, treat other people the way that, that you want to be treated. Unfortunately, we don't always know how we want to be treated or how others want to be treated. So just say so something nice. Discover that could, that could yourself. Discover yourself. Because oh, I think I said this in another podcast, you can only love others to de- the degree that you love yourself. So if, true. if you don't love yourself, you're going to have a really difficult time loving other people. Even though you love the idea of loving people, understand in yourself, it's going to be really good to do some self-reflection and find out, A, do I love myself? And B, what does loving myself look like so that I can I can accurately love other people? Because a lot of us are caught up in the idea. So know in your life, am I caught up in the idea of friendship, in the idea of loving others? I love those ideas and I would love to implement them in my life. But when I go to do that, it's almost like a wall is there. And that's probably because you don't love yourself or you don't even know what it looks like to love yourself or no one's ever asked you or given you permission to love yourself. Because we think that that's self-centeredness, but it's actually not. It, it's go, it's what is going to prepare. Like Rochelle and I have been friends for a really long time and that friendship has ebbed and flowed over the years. And there was many, many years where I did not love myself. And it was reflected in my marriage. It was reflected in my parenting. And it was reflected in how much I complained to my friends and it's by the grace of God that I still have my friends <laughs> because it was there was a lot of there was a, a, probably a really good decade of self-hatred that I wasn't aware of and that no one told me about and that came through self-discovery it came through the pursuit of freedom it came through my relationship with God um, and then it came through 
different scenarios that I was put in that I received a measure of deliverance and healing through, which then shifted all of my other relationships in life. It shifted who was attracted to me as a friend. It shifted how I spoke to my close friends and then um, how we interacted together. And it definitely obviously, in you know, uh, it impacted my marriage and my parenting, but I mean, it was a long, you cannot fast forward the process. You have to commit to it and, and move through it so that you, you can walk in that self-love. Cause I didn't know I had permission to do that. And that is, I think both of us, we get into this kind of fake it till you make it thing. Both of us love, love, love so much. Yeah. You know, it's like we're proponents of love. I want to love everybody. I want everybody to feel loved. That's all the thing that you want the most, the thing about that you preach about the most, the thing that you are looking for the most, that's because it's the thing you lack the most. So you want, you want to study it. You want to spread it. You want to do all these things because that's what you need for yourself. So anytime I, I listen to myself, I listen to you, I listen to somebody else. I love every, love everything, love everything. It's like, Oh, you need to be loved. Let me love you. You know, and, but it's unconditional love for yourself. You know, I, I, I've had to have written on my mirror, God loves me unconditionally. And I have to read that to myself every single time I go to the bathroom (laughs) for over a year. I've had that written on my mirror um, because I have to remind myself. And then something that I pray all the time is God show you through me to others because we're not meant to be walking around being bitter and resentful and insecure and prideful and selfish. You know what I mean? Like we are born selfish. So we need somebody to take care of us. Right? right. But it's so interesting to me. I love the teacup analogy, not just because I collect teacups, but you know, you fill, if you're the teacup, you fill, you get filled up mm-hmm. and then anything that overflows into the saucer, you can, you know, you let, every, you let everybody else drink from the saucer. But if you're depleting yourself, as you know, parents definitely know this, if you deplete yourself, there's nothing to give. You're giving from emptiness, and that's not helping anybody. And I'm sorry, but I hate reading articles about self-care that say, go take a bath. Yes, look, enjoy a bath, light a freaking candle, whatever. But true self-care, going through and looking at yourself, Accept what you think your flaws are, right? Like, do the deep work. Are you codependent? Are you married to a narcissist? Are you attracting people who you are having, you know, starting to be a people pleaser toward? You know, what are all these things? Because those come from a root issue that needs to be eradicated so that you can be your true self and you can love yourself. Therefore, you can love others. Right. And then other other acts of self selflessness too you know like how do we listen are you when you're listening to your friend are you on your phone playing on your instagram while you're half <laughs> ass listening to them because that annoys the heck out of me same you know put your phone away really pay attention yeah. you're showing your friend that they're worth your time showing up for them to listen if you feel that you would that that is a moment that you need to be on your instagram Tell your friend, hey, I can't give you my attention right now. Like, I'm so distracted and let, 
you know, I'll get back to you in like 30 minutes or something. I've had to tell a very close friend of mine who I've known since I was three years old. She called, called to talk to me about uh, marriage or parenting problems or something like that at a time where I was going through the end of my marriage and having problems parenting my own children. And although she called me for sound advice, I actually had to tell her, look, I am not equipped or capable to give advice on this right now because I wasn't, Yeah, you know, like you have to be able to communicate these things. Well, and then um, I, uh, on that same vein for moms, like mm-hmm. let, let just let me help moms out there who feel like they have to, uh, like we have a wrong, there is a wrong perception of, of loving our kids. Like we think to love our kids, we have to allow them to overtake our lives. And we actually don't like, um, I used to, and this comes back to honoring and respecting your kids. Like Judah, I would be driving with him. There was a three year period where I homeschooled and oh my gosh. So I have a lot of words. That kid is me. He has a lot of words and like he would always be talking to me always and we feel like if we stop listening to our kids oh I'm a bad mom well that's self-sabotage deal with that root inside of you I don't actually feel that way I would tell my son hey Judah I love you so much but right now I'm full my capacity is gone I I am not listening to anything you're telling me but you are important to me and I love you and if you want to keep talking just because you need to get your words out Uh, you go right ahead, but I might not hear what you're saying. Are you okay with that? And he'd just be like, okay, mom, no problem. And he'd keep talking and just keep (laughs) driving. But I wanted him to know that I love you, but I'm at my, I'm at my limit today. And just as long, just cause we, I, I, my kids, they know I love them, but they're not going to overtake my life. There's, they're going to understand who I am. Here's my capacity. Like, and here's when I'm checked out. You can keep talking, but I'm checked out. <laughs> so. And, like, just know that I've watched, I've watched Ruth <laughs> learn this process. <laughs> this wasn't just like, oh, I decided I'm going to be like this with my kids. No, this is like, you know, a child incessantly calling while you're at the grocery store, while you're in line and you're already irritated and they just will, they're relentlessly calling you and then like yelling at you on the, you know, they've just completely lost their mind and you're like, ah, so, I mean, this didn't just come from nowhere. It's like, okay, how do I deal with this? You know? And the thing we have to remember too is we're always modeling for somebody, right? Yeah. We're always modeling behavior for our children. We're always modeling behavior for our friends. We're always modeling behavior for our acquaintances. We're modeling behavior, like be excellent, be excellent. That's all I have to say about that because you do not know who is watching you. Right. You don't. And it's like, are you, you know, especially, especially if you're somebody who is a, a, a strong believer, you know, like again, connectedness, you don't know who's watching you pick right. up the piece of trash. I live I live um, in New Orleans where people literally throw trash out of their window out onto the street. Oh, it's, ab- it's mortifying. Right. And it's like, Oh my gosh, if I wasn't driving 60 miles an hour, I would stop <laughs> and pick this up, you know? Yeah. Because what you're ruining where we live, right? Like don't ruin where you live by being 
ew, out in public. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that, that can preach. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. I mean, I I don't know. I think I think we've touched on, on a lot of stuff here. We but... have, and I want to bring it back around because I think some yeah. of the most important things as we've processed through all of this is um, perception versus reality. I think that that's really key and important in relationships. What is your perception of relationships versus actual reality? Right? Period. I think the yeah. um, definitions, hopefully you guys, um, I can have Rochelle read them again if we need to, but the de- definitions of connected, being connected, connectedness, and interpersonal connectedness, I think that understanding what those truly are and how and what are the ways what are the tangible ways in your life that you're going after those things and are you only actually have you only actually been pursuing being connected versus interpersonal connectedness right because a lot of times our wrong perception of relationships comes from what we're pursuing and not understanding fully what that is. So go back and really, um, really look at, was I pursuing being connected, connectedness or interpersonal connectedness? And then that's and really for different people. It, dep- it depends on what you're looking for with the right. different people. Relationships and what, yeah. Interpersonal connectedness with, you, every with everybody. Right. And then that <laughs> brings me to, which I always plug this, this, YouTube, which is TD Jakes. I always go back to this when it comes to relationships because this really set me free in a time in my life where I had everybody categorized improperly. Everybody was like my interpersonal friend, like, cause I'm very vulnerable by nature. And when I realized, oh my gosh, there are different levels of relationships td jakes um if you want to go on youtube maybe i can post the link in my podcast i bet you i can i just don't Mm -hmm. i'll have to research how to do that anyway he it's like seven minutes it i always google td jakes relationships and it's there's three types of relationships in life there's your confidant which is your ride or die there is a constituent and a comrade, and I'm not going to totally explain them all, but when I listened to that and I understood, oh my gosh, I have had everybody in my life in the confidant position where they didn't even have the capacity for that, nor were they called to be that in my life. So I, w- I found myself repeatedly disappointed time and time again with relationships because I I was the one that miscategorized them. That seven-minute, nine-minute little um, clip really helped me to go and start to look at all the people throughout my life and categorize them and go, oh, this person belongs here, this person belongs here, these people belong here. So it took the disappointment away from friendships um, and relationships, and it, it properly categorized it for me so that moving forward... I was empowered because a lot of times we make ourselves the victim in relationships. Oh, nobody likes me. Nobody understands me. Nobody this, nobody that. Well, that's your problem because nobody is, you, you just gave nobody so much power in your life because you've actually partnered with being a victim for probably a good amount of your entire life. And you like that friend so much that they're actually who you're interpersonally connected with is the victim. 
So I'm speaking to all of you in a very direct manner to say that when you recognize, you go back and you really look at what those three types of, of things are connect, connected, connectedness and interpersonal connectedness. Then you look through how, what have I done to, to wrongly place people in categories? And then who do I really want in this category of friendship? Who, what do I have the capacity for at this point in my life? And who do I feel safe and vulnerable enough with? And then you begin to put the work into that regardless of the other person. I guarantee you, if you are going to relentlessly pursue serving and loving someone else because you see them as that in your life, they are most likely not going to deny you that. But when you go into a friendship or a relationship thinking, what can I get from this without having something to offer? 90% of the time that person is going to have a pretty strong boundary up unless they're, they don't have any identity whatsoever. And you're probably not going to get anything you want out of that relationship. Would you agree with that, Rochelle? Um, I would agree with that. I think Saying that somebody doesn't have any identity at all, those people probably have like a people-pleasing identity. Right. There is, there is some sort of identity. Okay. But it's probably not going to be a mutual reciprocal, and that's what you're really looking for in any relationship, acquaintanceship, whatever. You, it still needs to be mutual and reciprocal, um, and understanding that somebody might be down, and you're picking them up for a little bit, but know that, you know, when you're down, they can pick you up. Correct. So. Correct. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm in a in agreement with all of that. Yeah. So. It's it's just very freeing. I think I think being I think looking at relationships from an empowerment position is is just a really freeing way. I used to be the biggest victim in every relationship and I didn't even know it. Um so that was news to me too. Even in my longtime close friendships, right? You know, what did I do? I did this wrong. Oh, it's always me. Uh boohoo. Very again, self-sabotaging introspective, self-centered. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I want to touch on that. Yeah, go ahead. The, the, what did I do? You know, it's like, we're such, especially women, um, um, unfortunately, we are such a, oh my God, what did I do? Uh, group of people right now. And, and that, you know, that's a lack of confidence a lot of times or lack of identity and things like this, but it's like, it's, it's not, most of the time it's not us. Right. You know, like unless we really know, like even if you categorize, if you miscategorize a friend um, into an interpersonal connectedness and they're giving, they're giving you feedback, you know, it's, it's like, that's not asking yourself. There's no need to say, oh my God, like, what did I do? You know, they're giving, giving you feedback that this is not the correct relationship. So, you know, cause we, we put, we attach these emotions and feelings to things that create this victimhood and things like yeah. that. If you can stop, and I'm not saying don't be emotional, right. don't, you know, listen to your feelings like they're valid, but at some point you need to stop and be like, oh crap, no, this is feedback from this person giving my brain information that this is the wrong category for this friendship, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. A lot of times it isn't us. It's like, no, that's you. And you don't want to be this kind of friend with me. Okay. Information taken. I will readjust. And again, to touch on 
the fact that, you know, like we don't know these things right off the bat. Right. This is all stuff we had to walk through to gain the knowledge to say, oh, wait, this is a different kind of friend. And you know what? Who could have been your ride or die friend for years? Sometimes that person ends up actually falling back into acquaintanceship. Totally. You know, like things happen and it's okay. Yeah. You grew with them for whatever season and it's, you know, the time, the time is gone. And again, going back to communication, compromise, commitment with people, that's great for whatever it is that you want to do at the level of friendship that you want to be. Um, People are always going to be open to a conversation about where their friendship stands. And if they're not, probably not a friend. Probably (laughs) not. And I think the, the one last really big piece is identity um, because the more mm-hmm. the better you understand yourself and and the more you know who you are as a person um, like I'm a very strong personality and I you know you it's everybody oh you shouldn't say you're not for I am not for everybody like I if I was for everybody I would have to compromise the core foundation of who I am which is truth I can adjust the way that I deliver truth. I can adjust how it comes out or to whom I speak truth to or and then knowing when I should back off and when I should pursue truth. There are a lot of people that that aren't ready for that, that aren't um, that cannot stomach that. They like the idea of it. They like the idea Mm -hmm. of me. Um, And so but. But it took me a long time to ground myself in the identity of who God actually made me to be. Because I know Rochelle can vouch. I probably sat for many, many, because I go, we've had thousands of people through our home. And it's like, what did I do? What's wrong with me? And there's nothing wrong with me. But if I don't know who I am and who God has created me to be, then I'm in a constant state of feeling like something's always wrong with me. And I really think even just up to last year, um, there was a conflict that arose in 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 our community and a disconnection occurred with a relationship. And my first instinct was I went to before I processed through with close friends with my ride or dies, I must have done something. I, what I'm so, I I felt there was an instant shame an instant, like I did something wrong and I need to submit to this correction. And then when I processed through all of this and realized that there was actually just miscommunication and a chosen lack of communication, um, that led to an assumption about me that was inaccurate based off of disconnection. Um, I, it was the first time in my whole life that I actually chose protecting my heart and guarding my heart over pleasing someone that I had put in a position in my life that maybe for a season they belonged, but then in the season they didn't. And so I'm telling you guys, it is such a process uh, to know who you are and the way that you're created so that you understand that it's not always you and you you don't jump to the assumption that I'm always doing something wrong because that is definitely the enemy's tactic to keep you silent, to keep you oppressed, to keep you from being all that you 
we're created to be. Um, and I'm, you know, we're all on that journey still. That is not a journey you arrive at <laughs> in life. I don't think, I think it's just something that like layers of an onion is peeled away and you're constantly no. working at. And you're, you're exactly proving the point that I originally started Correct. with, you know, we get our identity through our relationship and not just being an individual which our society is so hell-bent on, being individuals, right? But um, if you had not gone through that, it wouldn't reflect. You have to have all these people, whether they're, you know, no matter what kind of relationship it is, it's constantly reflecting back to you information about your own identity, you know? And as our identity changes, as we love ourselves more, as we grow into something, you know, as you grow into being a wife, as you grow into being a mother, you're constantly collecting new identities, right? right. Especially as a female. Um, and it, you have to have these, these relationships so that, you, so that you can kind of have it reflected back to you. Like, no, wait, who really am I? Yeah. Who went, oh, have I changed a little bit? Yeah. Okay, well, now you're an acquaintance and you're not um, my friend. You know, yeah. it's great. It's information. We need this information. Like we don't have to be friends with every Tom, Dick and Harry that come around. They're not all great for us, you know? Yeah. And sometimes we're going to get somebody that's not that awesome in our life and it's going to grow you into somebody really great. <laughs> True that. If you keep your brain um, and your heart open to that, you know, you don't need to stick around with abusive people to find out how um, hardcore of a person you are, <laughs> like Amen. I did. I don't, you know, you don't need to do that. <laughs> but it's like, you do need to have relationships to collect information about yourself. And then it becomes mutual and reciprocal. And that's, everything will fall into place. And that's what we're looking for in life is mutual reciprocal relationships. Um, because exactly. those are interconnected. That brings interconnectedness. So... Yeah, it's yeah. one-sided is good for one person. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. True. Know your season. Know your season, people. Know yourself. Love yourself. And then begin to examine wh what has influenced you in the area of relationships, what you have allowed to influence you, the wrong perception you've had, and then the definition of those three things, like line things up to connected, being connected, in connectedness, and inner interconnectedness. And then um, I'm going to try to post that link for TD Jakes. Uh, mm -hmm. Knowing who people are in your life, I feel like is going to set so many people free um, that are listening to this. So that because if if I'm talking to really vulnerable people, which I think there's a lot of people that desire vulnerability so they give it out mm -hmm. and it you to be a powerful vulnerable person takes a long time to be a um vulnerable victim takes no effort at all okay I know that sounds a little harsh but I was a vulnerable victim for a long time and didn't know it and so my vulnerability victimized me in every relationship until I recognized and could make choices to choose vulnerability, even if I knew that that person didn't have my best interest at heart, because it was a choice for me to choose vulnerability, 
I could do it and I wasn't a victim anymore when they threw me under the bus or when they talked about me behind my back. I wasn't angry or mad. I just recognized like that season's done. That person is exactly in the category I knew they were in and I chose to be me 100%. (laughs) And so I hope that you guys come away from this with a level of empowerment Um, with some good information that you can take back and utilize moving into this new year where I feel like our world is going to get back. We're going to emerge from the social media bubble and start to encounter one another again. Um, And then in relationship, I feel like that's going to happen in 2021. I don't think all the turmoil is going to be gone. I don't think everything's going to settle down. I don't think there's going to be a great rest everywhere. But I feel like in the middle of the mess, if you can pull yourself above it, um, you really have an opportunity this year where last year maybe you felt super alone and isolated, uh, hopefully this information will help you move into this year and begin to uh, build that, those interconnected and all three of them really, because you need all of those relationships in your life to grow. So you'll have a good understanding and a good roadmap to doing that. And then you'll have developed relationships where people with people where you can process through and really um, make roots in relationship. And then thank the people if you've got those people in your life that have journeyed with you in your mess, remember to thank them, remember to love them, um, and don't take them for granted because they might not always be there if you do. There's that too. So I love you, Rochelle. I love you too. Yeah. I love, I love thank our, you. I love our <laughs> legacy together. I love the life that we've gotten to live together and, and, um, how we get to love our, our, each other's kids and, how you love my spouse, even when I don't sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> and how you can give me perspective on our relationship so that I can deal with myself because I'm always dealing with myself. So all of these things, guys, like I'm appreciative of um, when someone chooses to love me for the long haul, I know that I know that it takes a special kind of person for that, and, and I don't take that lightly. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having this conversation with me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It was great. And we Hope are... people hear it and they're touched by it. Oh, they're going to freaking get their <laughs> lives rocked, dude, because we're freaking awesome. That's... Yeah, we, need to do, we need to do one on victimhood. Oh, we will. Trust me, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do more. That like, goes right into this. Yeah. 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 We, but anyway, guys, we'll, we'll let you yeah. off on our little tangent now and say, <laughs> peace out. Have a great... Have a great week. We love you.